Welcome to Highway Diary. I'm your host, Eric Allerbach. This is episode 348 with my good buddy from New Jersey, Josh Chinley. How you doing, buddy? Going on. Yeah, man. Uh, man, I kind of miss New Jersey, you know, a good group of guys out there. We were just talking about, um, you know, the process of opening new venues. You just got to kind of find a bar or, a, you know, with a good little showcase spot. Sometimes like, you know, they might rent it out for a wedding, but you say, hey, every Tuesday I'll be here. You know, what's that process been like? Um, it's been, uh, it's pretty easy. The, uh, the hard part about it is like, nobody wants to pay you. So like, you know, I mean, like, of course, as the, you know, with the, I don't know, with, after COVID, you know, usually businesses aren't like eager to pay anybody, but like, and not that I'm doing it for that, but like, you know, I do want to graduate towards that. So, but, you know, yeah. it's, well, it's cool. I want to say happy birthday. You just uh, had, you know, last week. You had a birthday, so congratulations. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, 27. <laughs> Getting old, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm 36. Tell me about it. Just keeps going. <laughs> Father Time's undefeated. Um, you got a... Uh, but last week on your birthday, you also hosted at the Lemongrass Sports Bar in Lounge with you and Alex and Maya. Um, yeah. And you guys are going around finding venues, opening up scene, giving giving comics opportunities. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's been uh, it's been pretty good. We just got a new um spot in Old Bridge, New Jersey. Uh, it's at a strip club. I forget what the strip club is called, but it's gonna be fun though. It's gonna be like strippers after like like the performances and stuff like that. It's gonna be. I got a hand job there once. It was actually it's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> you gotta bring Dweck there. He's gonna lose his mind. Yo, I should. I gotta put him on a show. Yeah, yeah. No, I brought him to Delilah's, Delilah's in Port Murray, New Jersey. And um, <laughs> like, you know, he showed up with a tie and by the end of it, his hair was all disheveled, his tie was off. You know what I mean? It was like, he, he, it broke his brain. I can't um, imagine Dweck in the, in the strip club, but I know it's going to be dope. I know. Just give him um, a bunch of singles. <laughs> I, uh, I wrote this on Facebook and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on because people have direct messaged me after I set this up because they think I'm rude. They, but I'm not pointing fingers except one person I don't like. His name is Johnny Hollywood. He's a cunt. But um, I, I wrote this, right? If you run an open mic or a showcase, foster enthusiasm in beginners. Don't go on and on before you get to know who you're talking to. And if say, the same comics do the same material in the same venue at the same day of the week, for more than 12 months, you're in a relevant group of emotional support hacks. I don't know why people would find that offensive. Um, <laughs> now, there's a difference between community and nepotism. So I feel yeah. like at the Brighton Bar, Angelo would uh, run it where, look, there's a group of regulars, and I was a regular there, but... Mm -hmm then there's always new people and the order that you show up is the order that you go period. So there's yeah. no nepotism because it's not like you're fixing the list. It's the list is the list. New people come <laughs> and go so that those like new people are kind of like little guppies that nip at the uh, fins of the, of the older established ones. I've been to, there was this one open mic in New Orleans 
where there was four people. It was an open mic, but there was four people. One would do the same 20 minutes. Then another guy would go out and do 30, the same. Then another guy would do 40. Then another guy would do 50. And then go to the list and go, okay, you got four minutes. It's like, the show's over. Do you yeah. not know that the show's over? It's been going on for two hours, 10, and now you're going to the list? So the nepotism... Huh? Comedy Cove? No, I'm talking about New Orleans. Um, I don't want to name it, but, um, and they were nice guys to me, nice enough. And they had different showcases, which was fine, but they're open mic. One of them retired. So then, then it was at least one would do 20, one would do 15, one would do 20. Then they would go to the list. So it was like 40 minutes in, they would go to the list. And then he took three weeks off and he's like, I'm out of retirement. He came back, did 55. This is not an open mic. This is a showcase. And they're yeah. all older, older guys, like in their 60s. And it's like, this is not, <laughs> you don't have, like, one of them's doing impersonations from fucking two presidents ago. Okay. <laughs> and speaking of that, the Democrats now, they love nepotism so much that they put a retarded person on there because he used to be the vice president and they stole the election for him, in my opinion. But, you know, <laughs> so it's like nepotism hurts everything it collapses scenes it collapses economies nepotism yeah. but community is good so yeah. you see what i'm saying you just have a, you have to have like a fairness in there like at least like because me with especially with my mic uh we have a showcase at the end of the month and it's a paid showcase but i always try to like uh if it's if it's somebody that that i like i pick comics who i like but it's also i pick make sure i pick new comics that i like it's not just like oh like i'm gonna keep doing the same people over and over again because that's like that's not fair also it's like we've seen them we've seen all their stuff come here all the time it's like at some point there's got to be like a switch you know so that's why i, I try to like um just try to like mix it up you know you gotta mix it up absolutely is that the main thing that you've learned from running your own open mics and showcases is fairness yeah, yeah i feel like i've learned that and also just how other people run their shows like if there's gotta be like some diversity, there's gotta be, you know, you gotta have a chick, yeah, you know. And it sucks to say because it's just like, oh, you're not really worried about who's funny. Like, no, I am. But I'm also trying to I'm doing that, but I'm also trying to pander to the audience because that's very important. It's like, and then you finally you understand like how people get booked on and the politics of like, you know, comedy, which there it's politics, unfortunately, but that's just how it goes, you know, it's politics and almost anything. But you know. What, what I find fascinating is, you know, I put up my special in 2020 and I felt like the special would carry me everywhere. I felt like it would be my passport to go around and headline wherever I want. And Dr. Yeah. Hollywood would come around sucking on my balls. None of that. <laughs> the only the every time I've ever got booked anywhere ever, it's been community. It yeah. has never been in networking. It's never been from I mean. The only thing that happens is sometimes people are like, oh, maybe I could feature for you. Send me a tape. Then I have this great tape to send them because I filmed the whole special. Yeah. And then they know I'm real because it's out there and it's done, you know? So it, it yeah. kind of works like reverse engineering. But I meet the person from networking. They see that I have this shit and they're like, oh, you're real. Okay, you could do this. Mm -hmm. But you see what I'm saying? So um, yeah, you, you got to have, you gotta have um, a sense of like, if people don't know who you are, specifically and that's why it's so hard especially especially it's like um i've been trying to like uh, sign up for festivals and different stuff like that some sometimes the tape just doesn't do it you send in a tape a face and, and a bio 
it doesn't really do it for them. They're, they're looking at their friends more than they're looking at you. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, yeah, his tape is funny, but who is this guy? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know this guy. So it's like more or less of like, you just got to be around. If you're around, they see your face, you talk to people. We're right here in front of their face every other week or maybe once a month. At least they know who you are. So like, hey, I put that guy on a festival or like, hey, he's a part of the scene, you know, and I put him on. Yeah. Well, and then you're talking about five dollar gallon gas and it's like, oh, you got to be around. Fuck, yeah. man. It starts to be like, wait a minute. Can I, uh, uh, are there any uh, laurels to rest on or anything like that? You know, that's um, why it's a second job, man. It's definitely a second job, like 100 percent. And I'm I'm dedicated. But at the same time, it's like I, I got a budget. <laughs> I got a budget for like gas now, like because I know I, I'm going to, I try to go to an open mic, you know, at least five times a week, you know, or four times a week. Yeah. So, you know, I got a budget for that. You know, I got to like, all right, put that money aside. I can't get that. All right. Boom. But like, you know, it's, it is what it is. Like, it's just the name of the game. Mm. I'm, I'm just a part of it. You know, I'm not, I mean, hopefully I can change it a little bit, but I'm not, it's not that I'm looking to, it's just like, I'm just in it. I'm just in it, you know, a product of it. So. Um, also, you know, when I lived in New Orleans, I had uh, two girlfriends in a row. They both cheated on me while I was in grad school and my full-time job was comedy on the side. And I was, you know, had side jobs too to, to make rent. So it was like, it was so funny. One of them told me, uh, she's like, well, I thought that you were out every night doing comedy. I thought, aren't you like cheating on me too? It's like, are you out of your mind? I don't have time. Like, I, and I told her, I, and this, this blew her mind. I go, you're fourth. And she's like, do you have three other girls? I go, no. It goes comedy, grad school, paying rent, you. There's no other girl, but you're fourth on my fucking priority list. You'll yes. never be first. If you're first, I'll be homeless. Do you understand? Yeah. If you're first, I'm homeless. You have yeah. to be fourth. Dude, that's why I'm not in a relationship right now. I'm totally just like focus on myself, focus on comedy. I mean, at least I tell myself that because I, <laughs> at least I tell myself, like, hey, you know Whatever, you know, I'm comedy's first. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you make a chick first, it's not gonna be they're I don't know, they're gonna end up probably not liking you anyway, because their priority and it's like, dude, I gotta live and I gotta do comedy, I gotta do all this stuff. Why yeah. am I putting you know? And also I think they have magical thinking sometimes because I took her out one time, like for a nice meal, and I spent like 60 bucks, and then I had to like go work. And then she's like, well, let's just go out of gov. And it's like, bitch, you know, that's all my money. That's all my money. Like, that was all my money. What are you talking about? Let's go out again. What do you mean? Now I have to go work. Now, now I'm going to disappear in the shadows of the, the fucking grinding wheels to, to be, stay solvent. Exactly. Like other girls. <laughs> Golly. Because you don't see me for a day that I'm obviously cheating. When she, that's all she would like hype. She would cheat because she needed attention all the time, you know. Yeah. And so if yeah. she doesn't see me, she would fantasize that I was to justify her behavior. Anyway, oh, yeah, no. That's toxic. Know? That's toxic. 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 Yeah. Just but, gotta, uh, yeah. Yeah. I just toxic relationship. It was bad, man. You gotta get away from that, man. It's like a bad open mic. It's the same story over and over again, but it's comfortable. You just get yeah. comfortable with very comfortable. Yeah, you're you're it's it's important to move around, get mixy. If you're too comfortable, then 
you know, that's that's not a good thing. They don't yeah. even respect you while they're taking everything you have. Um, exactly. I, I've also been, I, I'm weird because it's like, I don't like nepotism at all. And, you know, here in Austin, I see the same like six people are on every show and God bless them. And they're better networkers than me. And so I can learn partially from that. But I yeah. think there's also like a comfortability of like, oh, these six comics are the kings and queens of the scene. So when you have one of those six on your show, it gives your show credibility. But there's so many more uh, unused talent. What's the highest and best use of the talent? It's not these six people doing every show. I can tell you that. So yeah. um, and I've been in comedy rooms where like the other comics didn't like me. And it, I think it affected my performance. And then I've been in comedy rooms where I have people like me a lot and then I do well, but then maybe I'm not growing as much. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I totally understand that, which is like, I don't know. I feel like when I reach out and when I go to different places, I do a lot better because there's a, there's that thing to where it's like, Oh, I need to like impress new people, you know? Cause you know, I, all comics are like, but if you're, you're in a scene and you already know these people already like you, you're like, Oh, well, you know, I can, I don't care. I'm just trying out new bits. I'm trying out new stuff, whatever. Let me just float this in the air. And, you know, that's just, you know, what it is. But, um, I don't know. I, I never really, um, I don't know. I've, I've been to a couple of shows where I can feel like people don't like me and it's to be honest with you, it's the name of the game is part of it. And everybody's going to like you, you got to be able to sift out and, you know, whatever, it, whether it be comics or audience members or anything. Cause yeah, no, I've definitely been in that situation where like people, so I say a joke and somebody like, Oh, this guy is a piece of shit. <laughs> I also, it's funny because there's different rooms, right? So I was, I got used to like doing dive bar shows where there's, you know, the audience is a bunch of, you know, degenerate sports gamblers, alcoholics, you know, heroin addicts. So I got used to like these rooms, like, you know, and then I did the Verve with Danny Braff and Somerville and that crowd was hoity-toity. Let me tell you, they were doctors and lawyers and I was doing my filthy, disgusting material of, you know going on chatterbait and cut myself and shit like that. And they were like, Oh my God, who is this animal? You know what I mean? So <laughs> there was one guy, there was one guy in the audience who everything I said, I killed him. There was one guy who loved me so much because he was a piece of shit. He's my kind of people. But yeah. the other audience was like, I don't know, clutching their pearls or pick, lifting <laughs> their pinkies at everything I said, you know? <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's a that's a really good show. Danny Braffield's a really good show. Over, oh, over. what a great guy! I was just on the phone with him yesterday. He's one of my best friends. Oh, yeah, not- you get a phone yeah. call? Uh, nah, my battery. But uh, okay. I'm gonna play. nah, but um, yeah, man, great guy. He's like one of the most hardworking comics in Jersey, hundred percent. Absolutely. Um. So my uh oh my god can i i've also been you know i I don't want to make excuses for my lack of networking my lack of behavior but i got arrested out here and i've been dealing with that so and let me tell you something um i so i got between my my old roommate and uh, a ride to get meth and he got super heated so i locked him out the door and then he claimed that i closed the door on his foot and i was supposed this happened on the super bowl i was supposed to have court march 10th it got yeah. kicked to April 10th. It got kicked to May 10th. Then it was supposed to be June 14th. 
I looked it up this morning and it's July 17th. And my ability to work has been impacted by this for, you know, so I've been like, when I look at $6 a gallon gas or whatever, I'm like, okay, what do we do? I got to kind of pull my, my oars out the water and only snipe uh, opportunities that I'm uh, invited to, you know? Yeah, no, that's like, um, cause you're, you're at that point, it's like, you're literally like, it's, it's, you can't, you can't afford it, you know? And it's like, you gotta budget, budget those things out. But also it's like, man, that's crazy. It's yeah. Being, it's, uh, yeah, it's always something unexpected. Also, I, I hate court. Oh my God. Courts Have always, you been locked up before, uh, Josh? I've never been locked up, but like a uh, bunch of tickets. Always, always like, uh, I just recently went to, went to court. Um, I got pulled over for having a suspended license and, uh, it got me, and then I'm. I went to a court, but they. Uh, I forget. I didn't have the right information, and I now I have to go back. Yeah, it's brutal. I yeah. I just don't have good luck with the court. Like in when I lived in New Orleans, I had a staple gun. Do I have it on there? I had a staple gun. Oh, it's over there. And um, the a meter mate thought it was a handgun, and I got locked up for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And I got locked up with the staple gun in my backpack. And as soon as I stayed, but it was like 10 court appearances. And then when the judge saw the staple gun emerge from my backpack, he was like, case dismissed. Are you fucking kidding me? And so now it's like my, it was a complicated situation with this case, but. That's crazy. He, my roommate here wasn't working. He was doing drugs all the time. And then our lease was up. Yeah. And he went to detox. He was at a detox six days. He went right back to use it. And then I like, I was like, dude, th- this guy came over to give him a ride. And I locked him out, my roommate out the door. And I was like, what are you here to give him a ride for? He's like, oh, we're going on a beer run. I'm like, you're not going on a beer run. You're not going on a beer run. He's going to turn you down the dark alleyway to get math right now. Just so you know. So I unlocked the door. He's like, you, I called the cops. I was like, you called the cops. Good fucking luck with that. And he's like, and so then the cops come over. They go, like, what happened? And I was like, like, he's like, the, the cop said, did you punch him? I go, no. They're like, did he punch you? I go, no, I should have said yes. I, I was honest. I said, no. They go, what happened? I was like, under a two-second wrestling match? And they go, well, you know, you put your hands on him. It's like, oh, my God. I was trying to save this guy's life. He could have had his car stolen. Some, you know what I mean? Some guy who came over to give him a good Samaritan to give him a ride. But it was really the wheels were coming off because he knew he had to go home because he fucked up because he never worked. And then he uh, gets me fired from my job because they don't like aggravated assault charges. You know what I mean? So get out of there, man, or find a new roommate or something. I did. I did. But now, now I'm just waiting for court. And I feel like the court system's broken. I say, how many people are... I'm sure this is not the only person. I'm not the only person who every month they go, ah, next month, next month, next month. Yeah, like, uh, that's just how they roll, dude. That's just how they roll. So, damn, damn man, that's crazy. Ugh, <laughs> so, body out now. Now looks, you know, look how where it gets you, you know. So, nice guys would, finish last. I know I'm not cheating on my girlfriends, and then they cheat. You know what I mean? Nice guys finish last. Yeah, now nah, also it's just like, but I feel like all in the long run, 
it's going to work out because, you know, those people who don't understand you, it, at the end of the day, it's all going to come full circle, man. Every, all the hard work is going to come full circle. I meant to ask you, how was, uh, how was Austin? Um, yeah, I do like it. I really do like it. I like, um, but it is definitely, um, so I've lived in Los Angeles. I've lived in New York City. I've lived in Jersey, obviously. I lived in New Orleans. And now I'm in Austin and you can feel on the ground there is like cultural differences that are because every state has different laws. And yeah. so there are cultural differences that come through that, like everyone's property tax is higher in Jersey. So they just have more of like a socialistic viewpoint of the world, more democratic socialist. And here yeah. it's like when they got property in Texas, it's like government stay off my lawn or I'll shoot you dead. And like, <laughs> you know. If your wife cheats on you and you walk in, you could just shoot everybody dead, you know? So it's like, there, we don't deal with a lot of bullshit down here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, till, till death do you part is a little different. But <laughs> I also noticed that, and I have to just say, you know, um, first of all, the other thing is in the Austin titty limits, ladies are allowed to have, be topless, which I, I've never been political in my life, but I went down to city hall when they were debating that. And I was like, you know, like, let <laughs> them have their tops off. Let us see the booth. So I got activated politically from this issue. And so you go down to Barton Springs, which is like, like a public uh, little spring where everyone goes swimming in there. And like, oh my God, you just see beautiful breasts everywhere. So, you know, it's amazing. You would not see this in Jersey. They don't do this shit in Jersey. Dude, everybody's going down to Austin, man. Everybody's like, I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody's going down to Texas, man. It's like the scene itself is, uh, I heard it's like really dope, actually. But it's just yeah. far, hard to drive for. That's why it's like, that's what, that's what somebody told me. It's just like everything is so far. You know, you got to travel back and forth because, you know, it's so big, you know. Um, LA, I think was worse. Like I used to live in the Valley and when I would just do a show like down in Santa Monica or Long Beach, it could be like 70 minutes in the car. And here it's kind of, and New Orleans is great because it was like the longest drive is like 15 minutes, no matter where you're going. Cause it's a small city. It's like on a little peninsula, but it floods all the fucking time. It yeah. just flooded again two weekends ago. Um, and then, so, um, but then Texas, you know, you could have like a 30, 40 minute ride downtown. So it's, it's not so terrible. Uh, but if you like go to Houston or whatever, that's like going to be two hours or something. But um, and the secret group is great. I love the secret group in Houston, Texas. They've been great to me. So um, that's was, cool. Yeah, I was there like two months ago. So great, great club. And they have a very like open policy. They have a lot of independent producers who are monitoring their feeds when people ask them and say, hey, I'm coming through. Then they, they put people up who are coming through from Austin. Yeah. The only thing I would say about the Austin proper city limits is like I said, there is like a group of six or a dozen comics that get 90% of the shows. So, so like there is that. And there's new people coming on buses all the time with the same dream. So there is kind of like a little bit of a bottleneck yeah um some of that bottleneck is you know kill tony some of that bottleneck is um you know if you can get on brian redbrand's secret group show that can open a lot of doors for you and then the other bottleneck is the creek in the cave um and yeah. uh it's hard there because like i said uh, i used to go to the romo room all the time in the domain and that yeah. place closed down and they 
uh, now Cap City, I, I'm not sure if they've opened or not, but they kind of took that place. Um, I just like parking. If I drive there, I want to be able to park and not look for another 20 minutes to park. And the Creek in the Cave, I, I like the club, nice people down there. When you drive down there, you've got to spend $7 for parking or you're going to get towed. And there's homeless people. There's like a methadone clinic across the street. So yeah. it's a little sketch. <laughs> but they put on great showcases. And, you know, it's kind of like the Stress Factory where they they, they have proper headliners come through who, oh, you know, type of club. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, that's cool. I mean, in terms of sketch, like I'm so used to that, you know, doing shows. <laughs> That's Jersey, to be honest with you. I mean, depending on where you're going, but like you're doing shows like Newark, you're doing shows anywhere up north by like uh, Jersey City, like or anything like that. It's like, or you know, I don't know. I'm I'm not, in terms of that. I gotta I gotta come down there though, definitely, man. Uh, just because you know, I've heard that the scene is uh, is definitely so different. You know. Yeah, I mean, I would offer you my couch. I gotta get my charges uh, off my off my back first, but I, I'd uh, definitely have you. Yeah, man, definitely. I had to, you know, take a vacation. I'm, I work full time and stuff like that, so I never, I never take any days off. My life is work and then afternoon comedy. So it's like second, it's like a second job. But like you know, that weekend, the weekends are when I'm free and like so. That's the way I usually do the things at work. I mean, I try to hit open mics or do shows, you know in the evenings and then on the weekends I'll be doing shows. So like whatever works, man, just trying to work, make it work. Yeah, but sad like Todd Vagarov Garello. No, well, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Just a, a ghost of my past is uh tickling me in, in my head. Um so I also want to say this you you uh, you gotta follow Josh Tinley on Facebook or Instagram, wherever. You curate the funniest shit. You always have the darkest stuff on your feed. It cracks me up. You have uh, just hilarious shit. Um, so I don't want to get into that. I just got to say, I'm just, word to the wise, follow Josh Tenley on Facebook. You post hilarious things. Awesome. Um, so besides, so I, we're just about done here. I got through all my questions, believe it or not. Um, every Tuesday in Boundbrook, New Jersey, Josh Tinley will be hosting with Alex Amelia at the Lemongrass Sports Bar and Lounge. He's one of the good ones. It's a fair open mic. That's what I could say. And every once a month, it's a showcase show. So that's a that's a ladder to climb, people. If you want to climb ladders out there in Jersey, it's funny that you say one of the good ones. I'm actually starting a podcast with Alex and Maya called "One of the Good Ones." That is- <laughs> <laughs> trust me, people. He's one of the good ones. He's a sweetie. Um, I'm I still remember the day I met you. I think it was like what was it, 2018? 2018. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, outside waiting. <laughs> to do the open mic at the stress factory. And we were just, we just became friends immediately. I was like, Oh, this guy's hilarious. He's cool. Dude. But I remember seeing you killing and uh, getting on uh, to the uh, show, uh, the showcase immediately. You got passed like that. And I was like, Oh damn. Like me, I definitely like had to work at it. I definitely was working at it, but you were definitely like, just, I could tell you were already seasoned. Like you were like there with it. And you and you killed you were the one of the first people on the showcase and you killed on the showcase as well too. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I've been at it for a long time. It's like, yeah, you may have just seen me pop up, but I was in Los Angeles banging it out. I was in New Orleans banging it out. I moved home to Jersey. Also, I think I just have a Jersey sense of humor. So like so I always say it's so funny. Like the only people in, in New Orleans that like me were the black people. They took me right in. 
the some of the white people who ran shows were these like hipster social justice warriors and they're like oh you're being transphobic i was like i was funnier than you tonight isn't that the problem <laughs> the problem is not that i'm transphobic the problem is that you bomb fuck off and so i wasn't kissing their rings to do their little shitty bar shows with a bunch of hipster cunts i didn't give a fuck so i just started doing black rooms and so um but in jersey everyone has my sense of humor you know yeah but like it's also like uh it's a lot of people who can't do those rooms so they can't talk they could talk as much as they want to at the end of the day they're they're gonna get up in those rooms and it's gonna be silent you can't do they can't do the same rooms that you can do like it's it's just that simple and like that's where i base my like respect and you know it's like dude where where can you go it's easy to kill the stress it's easy to kill at you know certain places but if you're going to like the rooms where like nobody's they're they're booing people off stage and you're still like very good listen i give all my props to you 100 percent. ah appreciate that appreciate that um yeah you know i was uh you know finishing up my special recording too so like i was I had been this big tour from LA to New Orleans to New York. And I was like, still like putting bits up. So I was like in, in good form out there, you know, now I only, after putting out three 30 minute specials, I put out 90 minutes of material uh, in the summer of 2020. Now I think I have like 22 minutes of new stuff. So I'm, I feel like now I'm in the phase of like building back up my material. Cause I realized that, you know, some of it was, my skill but also some of it was like i'd started you know i had like 18 years of material so that i knew was good so now i feel like i'm starting from scratch again so yeah i also think i kind of fucked myself when i first moved to austin i was like i'm not doing any of that material so i only had like six minutes to do stuff when i came here and not all of it was working and people were like oh this guy he's not that good it's like yeah but i i'm fighting with my arms tied behind my back because I'm not using any of those jokes anymore, you know? But I had to have integrity to myself. I didn't want to, I didn't want to keep doing those old jokes. I had to start over. It's just yeah. the way, what it was. It's important to grow as an, as, as a comedian. That's the yeah. other And it doesn't matter what other people think, you know, whatever, you know, you know, in your head, like, hey, I could fucking, uh, but you're like, you know, I'm going to, I'm chilling. I'm doing new jokes, you know. And that's yeah. What's good. the point? I knew those jokes were good. I recorded them. That's because I knew they were good. I have to start yeah. over. I have to. Um, but now I feel like I just showcase. Like now I'm like I can showcase and feature. But when I first came here, like with six minutes of new jokes, it was like it was rough. But yeah. now I have like a bit of like an act. I could do twenty, twenty-two about in that range. Plus, you know, sometimes I perform with Plash Schwab Jr. and he has like. He probably has just as much. He has like 18 minutes. So yeah. I've done one show where Klaus Schwab Jr., he does 18. So yeah. comic does seven. Then Eric Hollerbach goes up there for 20. So that's also a way. So I have this other uh, group. But I don't want to talk about him. When Klaus Schwab Jr. is around, it's not good for my mental health. So I like <laughs> to I like to keep him separate. Separate. Yeah. Got you. Because, uh, yeah, he's very abusive. And... Uh, <laughs> He doesn't like poor people, you know, so. Oh, uh, it's terrible, man. Yeah, when he's around poor people, his stomach gets really upset. So, um, But he's going to talk in Austin City Hall uh, June 16th at noon. So look forward to that. Clash Rob oh. Jr. will, yeah, he's going to talk in Austin City Hall. So you're going to have it, uh, you're going to get that on video? 
Yeah, uh, if you go to ericcollerbach.com and appearances, there's a tab on my website, appearances. Um, that's where, and he sponsors a page of my, uh, he sponsors this podcast and he also sponsors a page on my website. So if you go to ericcollerbach.com, click the Claire Schwab Jr. tab. Yeah. It has like a blog there. Um, yeah, so that's my uh, plugs, ericcollerbach.com. We have a sponsor for this podcast besides Claire Schwab Jr., which is ACBD Remedy. Go to acbdremedy.com. Use promo code ERIC. That's E-R-I-C for 20% off your order. I Every night, I go to sleepy times with some of this. Pain and inflammation, a little dropper under my tongue. Yeah, sleepy times for good dreamy dreams. Um, <laughs> anyway, anything else, Josh Tinley? You have another show besides the one in Boundbrook? Um, so uh, we have one, it's a comedy rules, uh, gauntlet in Milltown. Uh, we also do that monthly. Uh, also we, like I said, we're, we got another venue, uh, at a strip club. Uh, we're just doing, uh, I forget what the, what, the, what it's called, but it's, uh, in Old Bridge. You'll see it on my, on my Instagram, follow me on Instagram at that's JT comedy. Uh, also add me on Facebook, Josh Tinley. Uh, I'm not on Twitter cause, uh, you know, I don't know. I have a, I, I have a life semi, but, yeah. um. <laughs> but uh i don't know yeah thanks and if you showcase in the old bridge strip club you know you might get a hand job like josh tinley did like dreams come true there yeah. yeah if you have a good set who knows you might get paid you might get a hand job you know no not both though you gotta pick you gotta choose you know anyway. cash grass or ass the international business language oh yeah <laughs> okay this has been highway diary episode three four eight with my good buddy josh tinley i'm gonna